So how do you achieve financial freedom, gain wealth, and live life on your terms? That is the question, and here's the answer. I'm A.J. Osborne. Welcome to Cash Flow to Freedom. Welcome, everybody, to the Cashflow to Freedom podcast, which will soon be the A.J. Osborne podcast. Um, that's right. We are making the transition over the first part of the year. And I kind of explained why I'm making the transition a couple of podcasts ago, but uh, just to tell you guys, the reason being is because, uh, first of all, it was getting confused with, I think, some of the other businesses that we were number, uh, we were doing. And also, too, um, I really wanted it, my, um, the way that we view business, economics, the host that we have on Cashflow to Freedom was very important that this was mine. As in, I'm not doing this to make money. I'm not, I'm doing this for my own intellectual curiosity, as well as documenting things that were extraordinarily helpful for me and the things that I have come to find in investing in business and document my journey as we're learning, as we're growing. Um, it's something that I wanted to be, you know, if I could impart wisdom um, to my three-year-old here in 10 years, that there would just be this massive catalog of here's what was happening at this time and the lessons that I was learning. I also think that that's very valuable because it is more direct with my listeners or, you know, whoever. I don't market this podcast. Um, I want to have the freedom to do and say what I want on the podcast. Um, and that is really what it's all, what Cashflow to Freedom has really been about, my own intellectual uh, curiosity and giving back through this means. So I wanted to make sure I had the freedom, but too, I guess I realized that because of that, it really needed to be more of a representation of just me and not behind a brand, people wondering what the brand is or does or um, that kind of stuff, because that's not what it's meant to do. It's not meant to be a company that pushes out products. It's purely a way for me to give back um, as well as document uh, what I'm doing and learning. Um, you never know. Maybe in 10 years, you know, guys, if I'm like uh, – billionaire and everything they're going to be like wow this was a this was an exceptional podcast and even if even if that never happens it shouldn't matter anyways cuz i hope that the lessons i learned through our successes and failures both in the past present and future will be able to help uh everybody out with that said this rolls into a topic that we've been having discussions we had rock on our last podcast i think that's the one that was released um and uh, we were actually having a conversation today on a few items that uh, is really important, particularly for people getting started. So let me get kind of get into that. And that's really what this podcast is about today. This is about when's the right time, like when should you get started? How should you get started? A lot of people um, are curious about this. And two, I think there's a lot of people that are very confused about it. And the reason why they're very confused about it is the same reason why I love podcasts. The reason being is there's a story archetype within, uh, rockstar and hero entrepreneurs. And I feel like that particularly entrepreneurs and investors that get super, um, well known are the ones that follow this story archetype. As in, it's 
it's really good to sell books and to talk about um, not nearly as much as it is on practical application and useful information as in storytelling. And that story goes along the lines of I risked everything that I had. I gave it my all and I became a billionaire. And it was because of my, you know, intelligence or, you know, we just lift these these people up to such high status. Um, and it's not that they're not necessarily deserving. It's the separation from individuals and them where folks like Elon Musk or Steve Jobs become more like gods than they are anything relevant to any of us actually doing things. And we forget about their entire companies that have thousands of some of the smartest people in the world to do that thing that they're doing and the system that was set in place. We forget about the venture capitalist companies that came and actually created something out of their idea and backed them with capital tools and resources. We don't hear about um, a lot of their struggles we hear about, but it's only the struggles they overcome. We don't hear about the struggles they didn't overcome. And it creates this mystique around it that we don't hear about 90% of the normal people that become very successful, very wealthy, that are way more like us, right? We want the immigrant story. We want the just born out of pure poverty story because that's way more interesting. I give it to you, right? You know, my dad came out of what I would call actual poverty. And that is something that we don't really understand in America. And by actual poverty, I mean, he didn't have running water. He had an outhouse. My dad is not that old. Um, he lived in a small little town in the high desert of Idaho and to eat, they would poach deer. Um, uh, he didn't have a father, uh, who passed away when he was very little. Right. And he bootstrapped it up and, you know, he started and created a life for me and my family. And I love it. I love the story. I, I get it. We all love those stories. But when you take those and you put them into book format, the information is more on the story than it is on practical application. In podcast, we get around that. We get around or we try to. That's I hope that that's the purpose. I hope when you come on here, it's not just, wow, this, there was this great story about how AJ overcame being paralyzed or whatever, right? I hope it's like, no, this was actually good, solid information that's applicable. I understand I'm probably not going to reach the masses with those kind of messages, right? Because that's not the hit blockbuster seller. But but that's not the point of this. I want this to be genuinely helpful. Um, and when we look at a lot of these successful, so I, I, I worked in sales before. One of the great side about being in B2B sales was I worked with the C-suite and I got to meet the entrepreneurs, the people that started the company, and I got to see all these people um, build their companies. Um, I got to see all these people fail like literally go away, right? Um, lots of our clients disappeared in 2008 and some of them never to return. And I got to see a lot of the qualities that made them successful and not. One of the things that made a lot of them not successful and a lot of the reasons why so many entrepreneurs come and go is surrounded around this topic today. It is there's a real fundamental unpreparedness. Um, and the unpreparedness comes around capital, comes around debt and naivete. And the naivete is surrounded by this story arc entrepreneur that you think that that's how you have to do things. 
first and foremost, nobody cares about you. That's right. Wasn't this uplifting, but it's true. Nobody cares about you. You just got to realize it's okay. Nobody cares if you want a Lamborghini. Nobody cares if you want a big house, right? So none of those should, things should ever enter into the equation. People only care about ourselves. That's why capitalism is so wonderful because capitalism is about serving the other people. If you don't give them something they want or a product they don't like, right? They're going to go out of business. Everyone complains about McDonald's and how big they are and how rich they've all gotten and all they're doing is killing everybody. But at the end of the day, lots of people want to eat McDonald's. So people are voting and they're voting with their money and they should have the ability to do that. Whether you like it or not doesn't fit into the equation. This is at the heart of economics. And this is at the heart of also being successful because it if you fail or if you succeed, right, that is dependent upon you, your resources, your execution, right? But there's not anything that should be fundamentally guaranteed to back you or make you successful. You have to do that yourself. And we get into companies and the, you know, it was we were talking today about all the companies we saw when Rock was first starting. And they were all companies just like him. And I, you know, I really was... Like you got to understand, virtually all these people are going to be gone. And one of the main reasons is one of his competitors who got up on stage and talked about how he'd reached whatever it was, five, $6,000 a month. And now he was financially free. He was a business owner and he gave a whole speech about how he started this company and six months later and how he's buying a new car because he deserves it, right? He's gone, of course, um, because... Nobody deserves anything except a slap on the ass when they come into the world and a shovel full of dirt when they leave it. Uh, so that's the first thing you got to realize. That's all we really deserve. Um, and uh, I, I'm sorry if that's like rough and I don't mean for anybody to be like, oh, this is, but this is, this is a position of empowerment because I am a very strong believer that the, we are all the same. Nobody is inherently better than the other one. You don't deserve something more than somebody else. Your actions will get you more. That's it. So we are purely based upon results that we do, right? If I eat cupcakes every single day, which, oh, that would just be fantastic, right? I can't complain when Connor is ripped because he's going to the gym all day and he's doing a good job, you know, eating. And I can't say that's not fair because I deserve to be in good shape, right? That's how economic works. So when you start a business and when you're get ready to go, you don't inherently deserve to be successful. And if you think that you deserve that capital out of your business, and so you're taking that capital to live on, you are already at a disadvantage. Um, Jeff Bezos puts it best. My, your margin is my opportunity. Now, the reason I'm saying all of this is because the what people vastly underestimate is the amount of work that it takes and the amount of capital it takes. Capital is the lifeblood of businesses. And when you start a business and when it finally starts making money, you're now financially free and you go live on your own, right? You're taking all the money to scale out. And there's another company that has a saying here, and it's the best business. Uh, the biggest businesses are not the most innovative. They are not the most you know, skilled. It's the ones that survive. 
And now after being through two major recessions, the largest recession that we ever had, watching all of these companies, literally hundreds of them, try to survive and go through, then afterwards come back, and now after coronavirus, and invested in this time, and running companies throughout both of these, and seeing the outlook, I, I almost find it, it's very interesting for me looking at people that weren't invested before 2008, didn't live through that, and started investing in 2015-16, and are now reaping the rewards of a very short time in history being very successful. Um, success does more damage to a person, including me, than failure does. Now, I know I'm going to regret that because I'm going to fail. I always do. And I just don't, I need to, I need to manage failure, right? You don't want it to take you down. And that's the point about setting it up. If you're living off all your income, if you've only had success and you're using that successful profit that your company's providing for life and everything else, at the moment it's not successful, you're done. It's over. Pack it up, go home. We were able to survive recessions. We were able to grow afterwards. We were able to take an advantage because we survived. Um, we lived on far less than we made, and we invested all our money back into the business. We hired people. We grew our asset base. We built infrastructure. We paid down debt. Um, we didn't take on consumer debt, and me and my father worked multiple jobs for years. This is very key. It's the reason my company became the way that it did. I mean, we had 50 million in assets under management and we were still working full-time jobs. I'm not saying that you need to do that. But what I am saying is it was in coordination and it was correlating with what we wanted to build and our goal we wanted to achieve. We understood the value of those dollars. I understood the compounding rate of return and risk and we limited what we lived on. So we utilized um, other streams of income and we grew our business. We knew after running businesses and we knew through recessions how capital intensive things can be when you hit slow periods of time and how things go wrong. You know, after 2008, I had to come to grips with the fact that I could 100% go out of business because at some point it's not within your control. Right? I, I can't control if we get into World War III. I can't control if every single person in the world says, hey, I no longer like the things your businesses do. Now, I mitigate risk through increasing cash flows, cash on hand, working with low debts, and diversifying my income through multiple streams of income. But at the same time, you're delusional if you think you can control everything. So when people are living on the income that their business is making, their expectations are that everything's going to go right. And that's just not how the world works. So the people that I've seen that are amazingly successful, right? And the people that build great businesses, these are the ones that survive. And uh, when you look at a lot of these people, they're coming from a basis of knowledge, as in they gained their knowledge under a successful venture. And when the time was right, they took their contacts, their resources, they branched off, they did it again, they lower their odds. It's not like they ran into it and it was a gamble. That's not how those things work. But once again, this archetype 
you know, hero entrepreneur that we have where it was like, I had to prove the world wrong. You're not proving the world wrong. You're supplying the world with something they want. And it's very confusing to me when people blindly say, you're, you're either a naysayer or you're a hater. And you're like, that's your customer. Your customer's not a hater. You're just doing something wrong. So it's this balancing act of you have to be optimistic beyond reason to be successful. And at the same time, self-aware beyond reason, knowing that you can fail at any time. This is a hard line to walk. And I think it's one that I've struggled with. It's either been exceeding fear, like I'm going bankrupt or exceeding like impenetrableness where it's like, ah, nothing can stop me. And it wasn't probably really until after I'd gotten out of the hospital, like I was like, Hey, okay. Neither one of these things are true. But at the same time, both of them are true. And I have to live in that space. As an entrepreneur, you have to live in the space where there are infinite impossibilities and you can create and do anything. And also, you can fail at any time and be okay with both of those. If you are not, you need to think twice before walking away from a job. You need to think twice about walking away from a business. You should also think twice before you ever do that without having a proven strategy and having a lot of cash on hand and having an idea of execution, right? Now there's obviously a time and a season for everything. Like if you're if you're in your early 20s and you live on nothing, right? Um yeah, go for it. Risk everything. Start up because you have nothing anyways. All it is is time. It's sweat equity. There's very little for you to lose. I have four kids. I have a family. I was very dependent on compounding interest, wealth generation, capital preservation, and cash flow. Um, I'm not just going to go gamble. Um, I guess I wouldn't have done that no matter what anyways. But if there's a time and a place, if you want to test the market and really bring the market, you need an execution strategy and you need other people's money. If you're getting investors, you need to have a plan on how you're going to achieve that. And you need to know that most angel investors, most people back it, they're hedging their bets with other people, right? If you're a venture capitalist, you're investing in like 20 people because you know, like over 15 of them are going to fail. So if you're starting your business, you just need to be self-aware enough that even if they're giving you money, they're hedging their bets on something else because they don't know for sure if you're going to be successful. And you shouldn't either. You should have a outsized, reasonable chance that you're going to be successful. And that should be backed by the things that your audience, the things that your market customers are buying and showing, not just telling. So that idea shouldn't be delusional. It should be based in a foundational plan, right? So it needs to have merit. Too often, we think that we're the next Steve Jobs. We're the next Elon Musk, right? Which we're not. And two, the things that made those people successful have come and gone. They're different industries. They don't even try to be somebody else. That doesn't even make sense. You need to make your own path in your own right, serving your audience, serving your customers, and providing value. You need to do good capital management. You need to make sure that when you're running a business, you're not a gambler. 
You need to protect the people that you work for, your employees. You need to be able to protect your customers. You need to be able to serve them at the highest amount. Take a back seat. Your hero archetype, right? That that uh, story curve narrative that you play in your head, which we all have. I have. Okay, maybe maybe other people have it. Maybe it's just me that sat and dreamed about, you know, being the next Steve Jobs or something like that. You you kind of need to get rid of that, and I mean that in the best way. I don't mean that and get rid of ambition. Ambition should always be there, but your ambition needs to be more than just you, because. People that you work with and the people that you serve, they don't do it for just you. That's selfish. That's unrealistic. And until you realize that and until you can be – until you serving other people also serves you, you can't be successful. It's just that's not how it works. Focus on value, providing value at scale and sustainably – When you get to that point and when the demand is greater and when you have enough to live on, plus you have enough to reinvest and weather storms in that business, then go out on your own. Okay, I get it. I'm a conservative guy. Obviously, though, too, I'm saying this from a father of four, right? The best kids in the world, too, by the way. Uh, But I'm saying this as a father of four. If I was 20... I would no, I, and I know because I would do things that I that had a much higher probability of failing, and I'd go all in, and it wouldn't really matter. So there's a time and a season for everything, right? Because the consequences of failing when I was 20 were first of all just me, which who cares, and also I those the consequences were very limited, right? Now with that said, I wasn't getting a whole lot of money when I was that age. Nobody was going to come and invest a ton of money for me. I had to fail on my own and fail. I did. And that's okay. So it's this balancing act, but the, the idea is once again, the business comes first. And if you are the one that's taking from the business and your customers, you are going to be the reason your business fails. And almost always that is why the businesses fail. People that put their their business first, their employees first, and put their customer first. These are the people that are successful because they're not in it just for themselves. They're not siphoning all the capital that needs to be reinvested to grow that business in, right? People want to be a part of something that will be big and they want to be a part of something. And this is customers. People need to buy into your vision and understand that you can execute on that vision and that they're going to be better off for it. If you're the only one that, that's going to get better for that venture, you're going to be the only one in it very quickly, and there's not going to be a whole lot left. So that's kind of the heart and the key is when when are you ready to leave? When are you ready to go out on your own? Is a whole lot less about you. It's about the business. Can your business sustain itself, sustain you, and sustain downturns? If the answer is no, you're not ready. And the answer you can make into either you need to reduce your living expenses to nothing, so you're not taking on taking on uh, take being a burden, excuse me, to your company, right? Or your company needs to be making enough to where you can comfortably live off it, and you're not a burden to the company. Either way, you can't be a burden. So now, with this said, I don't mean this any way down. Obviously, you want to make a lot of money. Who doesn't, right? But that is the result 
right? That's not the motive. That's not the purpose. And people that get those two things mixed up, I just think they they rarely run into it. I, you know, it, it's one of those things like my wife asked me, you know, if you didn't have to work, what would you do? Well, I don't have to work. This is what I do. Um, and I love doing it. it I, I am excited for Monday. Like, I don't like taking time off. It's just because I love doing what I do. I love doing it with the people that I do it with. I want my company to be a legacy thing. It gets me excited. And I would do it if I made half as much, right? Or twice as much. That's irrelevant, right? Yes, obviously, I want it to be successful. But two, success for me is determined on impact, freedom, and progress. Those are my three things that I always have and I look at. And if I am creating an impact, if I'm giving freedom to myself and others, and if I'm, and if I'm progressing my life and other people's life to me, I am completing that mission statement and always, always the money follows. So don't worry about that. Money should only be worried in the context of it being a tool and how it will grow your business and how it will better create a system of production. And that, if you focus on that and use capital for that purpose, it'll grow and it'll survive. So you don't want to be a flash in the pan. In 20 years, you want to have an empire and you want to have one that's not going to sink. It needs to have a good foundation. Build a good foundation. Don't rob your company of its own resources and don't get in the way of yourself. With that, everybody, I'm off this soapbox, but it was a fun one. So I hope you enjoyed it. Thanks, everyone, for listening to this episode of Cashflow to Freedom. Be sure to subscribe to us for more and feel free to check us out at Cashflow with the number 2freedom.com or find us on Instagram and Facebook. And also, if you could leave us a good review, that would really help us continue to build out our content and our community. Thank you so much.